We've been doing a series all semester long called Never the Same, uh, Encounters with Jesus. And this is built upon the idea uh, that, we, uh, that we formulated actually last semester that you can't have a, an encounter with Jesus and not be changed by that in some kind of way. And so we've been exploring all kinds of stories this semester, stories out of the scriptures, uh, powerful stories of direct encounters that people had and the ways that their lives were never the same because of that. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, stories from uh, the people that we love in here of uh, what has happened in their lives uh, because uh, they have uh, uh, come into contact with Jesus in some kind of uh, uh transformational way and it's been raw if you haven't been here we've had some some really raw times in here this semester of uh, of hearts opening up of stories uh, being told of what uh, what what has been uh, in the lives of so many uh, in this room and so we've taken a journey together a journey that's been uh, I think really powerful and I hope has been uh, eye-opening for you, and ultimately I hope has been something that has helped you uh, to encounter Jesus uh, in some kind of way uh, that's going to leave you different. Uh, so we're, we're going to wrap up uh, this semester uh, getting back into a story uh, that comes from Scripture. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to, this is going to be really simple tonight. I know you guys are fried. It's, we're all fried. It's very, uh, it's very obvious that we're all fried right now. And so I want to, I want to lay this story before you just in its, in its essence. And I want you to hear this. <clears throat> From John chapter 13. We'll have it on the screen. It was just before the Passover festival. <clears throat> Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. We're getting towards the end of the life and ministry of Jesus. Here he has uh, spent... Uh, probably about three years building this uh, this movement of uh, of God, this uh, this uh, this little band of followers that he's with, and the closest ones, uh, his closest followers are with him in this room. And Jesus knows that the time is coming, and it's going to be very, very, very soon. And so he knows there's an opportunity in this. And here's what he does because of that opportunity. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter. Now, we've seen Peter before, right? We've seen Peter even this semester. Right. There's a, if you want to know a guy who's had 
all kinds of encounters with Jesus in all kinds of different ways with all kinds of different drama attached to it. It's Peter, right? So here, no different. In John, no different. We come to Peter, and Peter blurts out, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I want to stop there. I want, to, I want you to visualize this scene. I want, to, I want you to visualize the room. I want you to visualize the table that, that they're all sitting at, probably reclining at. Um, probably at night. So there's probably some, some oil or candle lights around. And here's Jesus, right, the Son of God, who has stood up in the moment and he's taken almost all of his clothes off. So he's nearly naked. And he's put a towel around his waist. And he's gotten on the floor with these disciples. And he's at their feet with the basin. They're washing their feet. Okay. And Peter's sitting there. And he's contemplating this. He's seeing this. He's encountering this. Right? From who? Jesus Christ, who he has already said to this point is who? What is Jesus? Who do, who do you say I am? He asked him. And what did Jesus say to him? Who can say? What? Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. So Peter has already said this. He's already confessed this. This is already what he believes about this man who's down on the floor before him at his feet. And so what does Peter say? What does Peter think? This is not right. So Peter is the guy who constantly says, you are the Christ, the Son of God, but what you're doing isn't quite right. You're a little off in what you're doing here, right? Sorry, son of God, <laughs> but um, I need to, this, you kind of don't get what's happening here, right? Because, no, I know who I am. I'm Peter. I know who I am. I know who you are, and I know that this is not the way this is supposed to be. The son of God is not going to wash my feet, Jesus, you don't get it. But Jesus says what? Unless I do this, you will have no part with me. Now, forgive me for reading into the story here, but years ago I was reading this story and I had this like tingly sensation that came over me as, I, as, it, as it dawned on me what I think happened with, G, with Peter in that moment. His eyes got huge. 
his heart sunk into his feet. His, uh, his soul just burst out of the middle of him. And he realized, he had this wake-up moment where he said to himself, if that's the case, if I can't have a part of this one who I know is the Christ, the Son of God, unless he washes my feet, then what? I need him to wash all of me. I need it all. I need a bath given by Jesus. I need a shower from Jesus Christ, right? Because I am all in to this, and I need this. So Jesus, if that's what it takes, then I give you my whole, I'll, I'll stand and take my clothes off too, and you wash it all. And Jesus is like, okay, <laughs> easy, tiger. Right. Easy, Peter. It's all good. Don't worry. If you, if you've, uh, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, Peter. Peter, you're crazy. Peter, you are, you are, you are rash. You are, uh, you're a little bit nuts. You are a little bit uh, uh, fly off the handle kind of guy. But Peter, you're mine. You are clean. Though not every one of you. And who's he talking about? Judas. Right? Judas is in this room. The one who would give Jesus up. Though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And we had, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that's what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Does it ever strike you as odd that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, was born in a barn and laid in a trough? Do you ever think about that? Does that ever strike you as weird? No? <laughs> well... It strikes me as weird. <laughs> who, is the, who is the Son of God? What does the Son of God deserve? What is the Son of God, uh, what is the Son of God, the, the, power, the, the most ultimate uh, uh, being in existence in the universe, who's part of this, uh, this trinity of great spiritual power that holds all of existence in its hand, what does something like that deserve of us in the world? To be born in a barn? 
laid in a trough because they couldn't find a place. His, his family, his mother and father, who were who? We don't really even know them hardly at all. We have little stories. They were, no, they were nobody of significance at this time. Born to relative nobodies in what was a strange town. Raised as the son of a carpenter. We get into the, the, his adult life. Where does he live? Where does Jesus Christ live? He doesn't really even have a place to call home, per se. He even says that. Right? Essentially, a homeless guy with very little money, born in a barn. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What is the theme of this guy's life? Not having anything that he deserves not having any of the respect or honor or glory or riches or power or wonderful whatever that the Son of God incarnated into the world should have. None of this is what this story should be, right? And here it is at the end where he's collected these disciples, he's been teaching them, and he knows it's all about to end, and it's all about to end in a really terrible, horrible, humiliating way. And so what's his chance here? What's his opportunity to set everything right, to get everything, to, to tell these disciples exactly what's up, to put them on the exact straight and narrow theological path that is going to... Uh, that's going to leave them in a place where they have all the power that they need because since he's going to be killed, they'll, they need everything that they can get to carry it on correctly. And, and we, we read about these disciples. We read about Peter over and over, but we read about all these disciples and how off they were, especially at this point in the in the ministry of Jesus. They were just so off about what all of this was. So this was his chance to teach them everything correctly. And he'll do that. He teaches them. But what instead does he do with these last moments of the disciples? He takes his clothes off. He puts a towel around his waist and he gets on the floor at their feet. This is our Jesus. This is our Lord. This is the Jesus that sits at your feet right now. How are we receiving that feet washing from Jesus? Are you receiving that washing of your feet from Jesus?
Or is it in your mind that I need to be clean and then I can come to Jesus? Or is it in your mind that Jesus will never wash my feet? I can do that myself. Uh, is, it, is it in your mind uh, to tell Jesus what the real order of things is? Um, some of you have heard me tell this story. Um, it's, it was a, uh, a transformative uh, image of Jesus for me, and it occurred when I was in uh, grad school. Uh, some of you know I, I did uh, seminary at for a couple of years at Abilene Christian University, a great place filled with wonderful people, an awesome school. Uh, uh, I would recommend it for anybody who wants uh, to do something like that. But I'm in grad school with grad students, and what are grad students like? Mark, what are grad students like? <laughs> Tell me about grad students. <laughs> right, right, right. You go to grad school, and this is just the nature of grad. It's just, it's the same everywhere. Grad students are on a quest to impress each other. Uh, because that's just what grad school does. Uh, you have grad school is is the uh, the pursuit of uh, proving how much uh, you know that you actually don't really know, right? And so uh, grad school classes are these kind of weird uh, places where people are, are sitting around and there's a professor in the middle of the room and like, all of these students are just trying their, their hardest to one-up each other with, with just this kind of weird uh, kind of academic hot air that's flowing. It's just, it just is oppressive. Uh, and you get in a room and well, you're just sweating because there's so much hot air is going around. That's just the way it is. You get through it and it's fine. Uh, you come out and there's, there's good things from that. But I was sitting in one of these classes and it was a thick of one of these things. And I'm sitting, it's kind of a horseshoe shaped class, you know, and I'm sitting on the, on the side next to the door and there's a window in this door. And so I'm sitting there kind of like, what is this? And I, I look out uh, the window and there's a man outside of the window. And let me tell you about this man. I knew who this man was. It was a man named Dale. Dale was probably about 75 years old. And uh, I knew him because he and his wife went to the church that I was a part of uh, in Abilene. And there was a, uh, a big group of students from Madagascar, of all places, that had uh, formed a, uh, a relationship with ACU in a, in a kind of uh, student exchange program. And so there were probably about somewhere around 30 to 40 students from Madagascar that had come over um, and who were going to ACU and living in Abilene. Um, and like basically any... Uh, uh, international students, they, they, you know, had trouble getting around, knowing what to do, uh, didn't have transportation. And so Dale and his wife uh, took it upon themselves to adopt just about every single one of these 30 or 40 Malagasy students, and they fed them, they transported, they had a big van they took them all around. They would, I would see them at Walmart every now and then. They had a huge van taking all these Malagasy students to Walmart so they could have what they need. They, they lived in their home, and they did all this at a tremendous expense 
to themselves and, and, to, and at such an expense to themselves that Dale had to go back to work at 75 years old on the grounds crew at, at ACU. Never tell this without this happening. Uh, so the 75-year-old man um, in his blue grounds crew jumpsuit, um, I see him around campus every now and then, but I looked at, at this moment. Now, this moment where I'm in this, this uh, room full of theology students, of all things, right? Ones who are debating the, the whatever, some, some philosophy, you know, who knows? Um, but proving how much they know about God, ultimately, right? And I look out the window, and there is Dale on, <laughs> on the ground um, with this big, like, potted tree thing that was in the hall. And he's doing something with the, like, the, with the dirt in this big potted tree thing. And, and it just, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Like, where am I learning about Jesus? I guess there's something to be gained in here with this academic wrangling that's going on. But then I look out the window and I see a 75-year-old man who's on the ground in his um, jumpsuit, his ground crew jumpsuit, on his knees, working in the dirt for the sake of these students who had come that he loved so much. And this is what he had to do. It's just what he had to do so that he could do this. And, and it just, it, it went into my heart in that moment. Where is, where is the, where's Jesus in this? Where do we see Jesus? What, what image of Jesus do I see here? I see the Jesus on the floor washing feet. And that's their encounter with Jesus. That's one of their last encounters with Jesus. This is the image he left them with. What does that do? What does that teach you? What does that show you? What is your encounter with Jesus in this moment? The one who's not getting everything theologically perfect in your brain, but on the ground washing your feet. And what does he say? Yeah, I'm your teacher. I'm your rabbi. And, and yeah, that's who I am. But I want you to see what's happening here. And because you've seen this and you've experienced, I want you to do what? Huh? What's that? Say it louder. Yes. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So that's the question for you tonight. If Jesus has washed your feet, what feet washing are you doing? What opportunity do you have to wash somebody's feet even tonight? What opportunity do you have to wash somebody's feet this week? What opportunity do you have just in general to be a foot-washing person. Because this is the image 
This is it. This is it. We can, we can sit down, and it's, there's times to do that, to, uh, to get thick into the, the philosophy of our theology. And that's um, there's important. There's, there's gain to be had in that. But Jesus says at the end of the day, I want you to be a foot washer because that's what I've been for you. The one who's born in a barn, laid in a manger, uh, grown up as a, in the house of a, car, a, a, a relative no-name carpenter who came into a ministry as the son of God but still had no money and no home and who at the end of his life, before he went to the cross to die, he was on the ground washing our feet. So we say, not, my, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I hope that's our reaction. To hear Jesus say, don't worry, you're mine. You're mine. But go and do this now. And this is our encounter with Jesus. I hope this is your encounter with Jesus. I hope through everything that we've talked about this semester, this whole year, that we come to the end and this is what we walk away. This is the image of Jesus we walk away from. This is our Jesus. Have you encountered this Jesus? And who are you because you've encountered this Jesus? Is this who you can be? And Jesus says, yes. This is who you can be. Now go and do it. Can we do that for each other? I think we can. You know why I say I think we can? I actually know that we can because I see it. This isn't just a challenge for you guys. This is a, this is a good job because this is what you're doing, and this is what I'm seeing. Grow in this because I see Jesus out here. You guys are doing a marvelous job of being this image of Jesus, and that's how I know you've encountered him because I see lives that are transformed in this way. So let me pray about this for you guys. Father, as we come to the end of this uh, semester and this school year, uh, we look at you and we say, uh, look at the one who lived a life of humility all the way to the end. And we pray right now that that's the people that we can be. We can be the disciples who truly wash each other's feet, um, who are never too proud, are never too, uh, uh, never too full of our own uh, pride, our own uh, egos, uh, never too, uh, never too busy, and never too uh, focused on ourselves to sit at the feet of other people and be Jesus for each other. We know this is the image of loving others as you have loved us. And we love you, and we want to practice that love um, in every way that we can. Uh, so thank you, God, for all that we've been able to do uh, through this school year, all that we've learned this semester and that we've experienced from each other.
And we pray that this will continue. We pray that as we go into the summer, as we, we all go to different places and we do different things, uh, when uh, the, the bonds of, of this community here uh, get stretched all over the place, uh, that that will continue. That kind of love will continue to flow because your spirit is, 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 continues to be among us. And so, Father, as we continue uh, to worship tonight, um, we give you this prayer in the name of Christ. Amen.